Welcome to Middle School Walk and Talk, a podcast series offering heart, hope, and health to members of our middle school communities. Take a walk with co-hosts Phyllis Fagel and Joe Mazza as they discuss self-care, student well-being, school culture, and more. Middle School Walk and Talk is a production of the Association for Middle Level Education and is designed to support the concepts outlined in our foundational text, The Successful Middle School, This We Believe. Learn more at amle.org. Today's episode, Why Advisory? We are live from AMLE 2022 with a special guest, Todd Brist, here with us today. Todd, tell us a little bit about yourself and the message you're bringing here to uh, the conference. All right. Well, hey, thanks for having me. Uh, My name is Todd Brist. I'm a middle school principal in Watertown, South Dakota, not Wisconsin, not New York. Um, We are a rural community, about 25,000 people. This is my 13th year. Kind of hard to believe I've been there that long. Um, I often describe myself as a recovering social studies teacher. I spent about 15 years in the classroom and then uh, actually was a high school teacher near the end of my career and then was a high school principal and then um, got a job back in my hometown. Um, I actually am the principal at my middle school and I actually took over for my middle school principal, which I think is kind of an interesting story. I had to kind of pry the keys out of his hands, but he eventually gave them to me. And like I said, I've been there for the last 13 years. Um, I currently serve on the AMLE Board of Trustees, um, which I think is an awesome spot to be. Um, I'm not a natural middle school person. I actually fell in love with the middle school model um, at my first AMLE conference in uh, Minneapolis a number of years ago. Um, I, Until I went to that conference, I didn't really understand that it was different. I just thought it was you're working with kids and you work with kids and they just happen to be bigger elementary or littler high school. And then I got to look at a book called This We Believe. And I was like, hmm, these kids are different. And like I said, ever since then, I have uh, fell in love with the middle school model, um, what the successful middle school has to offer. Um, And right now I'm kind of focusing my efforts on um, what an advisory can do for a middle school program and the importance of an advisory for a middle school program. Todd, I also read This We Believe, and it was like a moment for me. Uh, This was 2004 when I became a middle school system principal. It was my first year as administrator. And, you know, growing up, that was the most challenging part of my life. Lots of life things happened, um, but I didn't take that into my professional life. Like, okay, these are kids that are different. We have to really focus on their needs at five, six, seven, eight. They're just bigger elementary kids or smaller high school kids. And really a lot of difference between a junior high getting ready for high school and a middle school focusing on the developmental needs of every grade, every kid. And 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 it's hard to have a middle school without a strong advisory program. So thrilled that you're here with us to kind of tease that out um, a little bit with uh, Phyllis and I, because we talk about it from time to time on the show. And, um, you know, you you teach this in the Summer Leadership Institute. Um, I was also one of the faculty over the, over the summer here in Orlando. And when, when the attendees came from your session into mine, I remember the first 10 minutes, we just let them talk because <laughs> they were loaded with ideas and inspiration on, on, on improving or even adopting an advisory program. Yeah. Yeah. You actually said two things that I think that are incredibly important to talk about is, first of all, that developmental aspect. Like, Elementary people never stop to think twice about the developmental characteristics of reading and playtime and language development. And it's just 
we have developmental milestones for the young adolescents as well. And so I think it's so important that people know that. And the second thing you talked about is the difference between a junior high and a middle school. You know, a 5'8 school, a 5'9 school can certainly operate as a junior high. Um, but if you're going to operate as a middle school, that does require some different time, effort, and programming for sure. When you think about advisory programs in particular, something that you said to me in our pre-conversation just before we started recording, I've been sitting with for the last few minutes, and it's this idea that before you can create an advisory program, you have to know what it is you're trying to accomplish in that advisory program. And I think there are a lot of people who are like, well, we want to do all of it. We want to teach them social skills. We want to get them ready for high school. We want to help them with organization. We want to help them with DEI and inclusion and feeling a sense of belonging. And this is the first time I really stopped and thought about the fact that you actually might not be able to do it all. Can you talk a little bit about what you found in your research into advisories? Well, and you raise a great point, and we're a little bit guilty of in our own advisory program because we, we do try to do it all. Um, but I, I think it does start with you need to figure out what you want your advisory program to focus on because a lot of people carve out time. And it, frankly, is a homeroom or is a study hall time that uh, that they that they come, and it's very passive. Like You might have some casual conversation on what's happening. Great for relationship building and that focusing. And, you know, I'm not trying to discount homeroom because having that relationship is probably one of the most important aspects or even giving them time to work on their homework or whatever. Um, but one of the first things I really encourage teams to do is to come together and figure out what do you ultimately want to accomplish. And yes, you will touch on a lot of variety of things, um, but like, do you want to have a career focus? Do you want to have a social skills focus? Do you want to have an SEL focus? Um, and if you are going to have multiple focuses like, like you were talking about before, because we do want to do it all, um, then you probably better have more than 12 minutes in your time because I think the more time you have, the more things you can practice. But again, I love our advisor. I think we have a great program, but sometimes I do wonder if we don't go deep enough and rich enough. And that is, you got to come back to the center of ultimately what do you want to accomplish with that timing. Do you recommend having a different focus for each year of middle school, recognizing that some are seven, nine, some are five, eight, but have you seen models where a school will just choose a different focus for advisory for each grade? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. Right now, where we're at in the world is so many of our advisory programs are focused on those social emotional learning skills. Um, we know that we had kids at a couple years of learning loss, which also included social skill loss, um, interaction loss, and those kind of things. So um, there's a lot of great um I call them CAN programs, I guess, that you can buy. And that's kind of a pejorative term because they're wonderful programs. And they do scaffold it like you're talking about, where you're going to learn this skill at sixth grade, seventh grade is going to build on it. And I think bullying and cyberbullying are, are a couple of good examples of that. You know, hopefully, I'm thinking a lot of our sixth graders are not into the cyberbullying stuff and that, but they are getting exposed to the cyber world and social media. So you can start with that exposure there. And then you can talk about your think model. And then when you get up to that eighth grade or ninth grade, then you can cut a little bit deeper about how do you react to um, some things that maybe are happening out there already. So I think you're absolutely right. But again, that's it's it's hard because everybody wants to just grab something off the shelf or somebody to tell me like, this is what we should do. But local school districts have local needs and year to year can change like cohort to cohort, like this certain sixth grade group might not have had this set of social skills. And you might think like, we're going to really focus on this academic career growth thing. But then you say, oh, they had two years of learning of uh, social skill loss. So they might have to regroup and that can be stressful. How important is it to 
either augment those CAN programs with student voice and talk about the things they want to talk about or perhaps even have it be fully student-directed? I think that's a great question um, because you have to kind of settle someone in the middle. The nice thing about having a program is those programs are research-based, so they're going to scaffold those skills in such a way that they build on each other and they, they address the standard, if you will. Um, but a lot of times that ends up with a lot of teacher-directed activity. So again, ideally, I would say like a 15 to 20 minute advisory is probably that sweet spot because then you can have some direct instruction that happens, but then you can purposely build in some interaction time. And we know as adults that like that, the, the direct instruction triggers those thoughts and then we want to express and then we want to um, bring them to life in our conversations. So, you know, what I'm hearing you saying is, you know, we're, we're trying to get the kids to own this. It, you know, we, we may start with a packaged, canned program, um, but where where do we start? What's the investment? You know, I think you'll we have schools that are doing this once a week, once a month, once a cycle, you know, not at all. Um, and, and just going back to the root, like there's got to be a commitment to developing the adolescent. And, and we don't have advisory at the elementary school. We don't typically have advisory at the high school, although I would advocate that that's still important. Absolutely. They don't need they don't need advisory when they graduate, air quotes, you know, yeah. middle school. Um, but, you know, what kind of data are we taking? Where are we centering the work in? You know, what's the foundation? Where do we really need? Because your district is different than my district. It's different than where Phyllis works. Yeah. And, you know, taking one of those canned programs, although it might offer some really great ideas and, and follow through, might not target the things that your school community and your culture need to tackle. Yep. And the sweet spot, 15, 20 minutes, I would say that's just advisory, like the actual direct instruction time, because it takes a while for kids to get there. They get settled. You want teachers greeting them and having those things. Maybe they have morning announcements and whatnot. So you're really talking like 30, 35 minutes, you know, if you're going to really do all of those things and not cram it. Because the last thing you want to do is have kids talk about something that could, could be heavy and walk out the door to a whole bunch of other classes Escalated, and then yep. a week, a month later, reflect upon this. So, you know, I, we're in a place in our school district where we're really looking at it at a granular level. What do we want this to be? You know, looking at the development, looking at the data of, of what kids are into and, and where we're needed, you know, to support those skills. And, um, you know, for those listening that maybe don't have an advisory program at all, and they're just starting from scratch. Maybe they came here and got inspired by your session or, or another one. There's a whole bunch of advisory sessions, which is great to see here. You know, how do they how do they convince their their principal, their superintendent, people that control the policy and the minutes in the master schedule that need to work in harmony to make this happen? Yeah. Well, the first thing that comes to mind there is a book by um, to, to Belong and to Become. You talked about this before. Developmentally, we know our young adolescents need a place to belong and become. And we can ignore that developmental need and we can not have advisory. We cannot have homeroom. And then I hate to tell you, we're going to fight those things first period and second period and third period. And we're going to fight them in September and we're going to fight them in October and we're going to fight them in November. Or we can purposely carve out some time of our day and be intentional about what we know our kids need developmentally 
And then we can also, like you said, get granular and local. Like you can do surveys of staff and students to look at what they identify as needs. And then innately, we as educators also know what our kids are going to need or what the direction that we're going socially or academically or behaviorally. So I really think bringing those three things together is where I would recommend that they start because I know that if you're the math teacher and you say, I got to give up four minutes of my bell schedule to dump into an advisory program, and I times that times, that's 20 minutes a week, I times that a month because they're good at math, I can't do that. You know, I've lost all these math minutes, but I promise you, you're losing those math minutes already in redirects, in reteaching, in emotional conversations that are happening within your building. So being very purposeful about the developmental aspects of what kids need, taking a look at what uh, the program needs are for those kids or what your school might need, and, and then having that conversation about how to carve that time out is where I'd recommend folks start. So I know you have a book coming out fairly soon. You're working on it now. We were just having a little conversation about that. When will people be able to find it, read it? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> He's giving me the cut motion. Cut, cut. Take two, take seven. Uh, listen, this is this is super needed. So, like, that's what I was just going to say. I'm personally invested in it, and you know, I think it's going to be very, very popular um, and helpful to schools. Yeah, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head, and that's why you know, as as a full time practitioner, it is hard to carve out the time. But I do feel like I've been blessed enough to be in enough schools, to hear enough speakers, to have enough conversations at places like the MLE conference that I, I do know that it's needed, and and I do think it's so important that we lay down that that foundation framework. Um, I was joking with these guys before we started that I know a lot of people want activities and things that they can do within their advisory time. And, and I will definitely be including those things within there. But I really think that the most important first step is to figure out your why are you setting this up? And then some of the hows that go along with, with, with making that a reality. Because like you said before, I know sometimes school boards, superintendents, and even classroom teachers have a difficult time giving up those minutes for that. But now more than ever, and you know, this, uh, back to John Lounsbury, advisory has always been an important tenet of the middle school programming. But coming off post-pandemic, the culture, the society that we live in right now, like we're living under a rock if we don't realize that our kids are hurting um, emotionally, if we don't realize that our kids have needs socially and behaviorally. Um, you know, like one of the things I talked about in one of my sessions, a little bit off track here, is that um, these young adolescents need nine minutes and 15 hours of sleep a night. They're only getting seven hours of sleep a night. So we have students that are kids, our kids in our school that are, that are building up 14 hours of sleep deficit a week. And they're starting that in sixth grade and seventh grade and eighth grade. And then we wonder why they're so grumpy when they get to our classrooms. Like there's just so much that goes into the development. And the advisor is not the panacea. But I will tell you, one of the most important things that I think of as the advisory program is that adult advocate that comes with the advisory program. So after you set it up, after you get all your people involved and you get the right uh, focus selected, one of the most important things that's going to come out of an advisory program is, is I call them the house mom and dad or the school mom and dad. Like I'm responsible for these 15 kids and we call it advisory and there are definitely some very advisory responsibilities. You're going to make sure they get signed up for the right classes. You're going to make sure that they're getting all their homework done. 
But then you're also their advocate. Like you are the one in their corner. So when Mrs. Smith comes down and says, you know, Johnny's, Johnny's just not doing what Johnny needs to do in my classroom. And I don't think he's getting his homework done. So my job then is to sit down with Johnny and Mrs. Smith and be that kid's advocate, be their house mom or school mom or dad in the building. So of all the other things that we can do um, is having that one trusted adult, uh, that adult advocate that's available for our kids. Um, and then again, going back to belonging and becoming, Maslow's hierarchy, we all remember that from back in the day. Like when a kid feels like they belong and fit in our middle school, like now, we're starting to get rid of some of those roadblocks that get in the way of teaching math and science, social studies, English. Yeah, and, and you know, piggybacking off of what you said, that the advisor talking to one of the other teachers on the team can, you know, put the lack of empathy for that teacher that maybe doesn't know that, you know, Johnny is involved in this or that, or this happened at home or whatnot, and really being able to spread that and advocate for that kid, you know, to, to pave the way for that kid to be successful. You know, because, you know, kids walk around and they don't belong. They don't feel like they belong. People don't get them. You know, that advisor can be that connector, uh, can build that from model for those teachers, how, you know, how to reach them, you know, where, where they are. Um, what, one question before we, we let you go here. Um, those schools that have advisories out there and, and, you know, I look at advisory like a master schedule, like being fluid. How do we continue to to build it and make it a little bit better from year to year, even from quarter to quarter. Um, have you heard of schools looping, you know, from like having the same advisor from five to six or even the same advisor from five to eight? Um, have you heard of schools doing that and, and the, you yep. know, the results of that in Absolutely. terms of the whole belonging? Um, you know, the, the truth of the matter is the, the metrics are mixed on it as they are with most things that, Ultimately, you got to do what works for you. But there is something very much to be said. Like if you're a three-year school and I'm in um, Mr. Jones's advisory and he knows me for three years in a row, think about the rich history, the personal history we have with one another and how many issues we can combat before they even become issues. Um, so there's definitely something to be said about that looping aspect. But some of the times it gets into logistics, like how your building is laid out and interactions and those kind of things. And then another thing that some schools will do is have multi-grade advisors as well, where you'll have a 30-year class will be six, seven, and eight. Like families. Families. And then there's some promising aspects of that because now you've got mentors built in. You've got role models built in. You've got social skill things that can that can come uh, be enhanced. So th there's definitely a lot of uh, possibilities in configuration. Um, and, and those are those conversations that those teams need to have when they're setting up their advisory. And then, Joe, I think you hit the nail on the head, too. Don't be afraid to revisit it. Like, probably annually is less stressful, um, but definitely every three years. But also quarterly, like you said, I think that's a great suggestion that, like, how are things going and adjusting to what your kids need and your staff is seeing as needs. Todd, so really appreciate you stopping by. Um, I think we're all anxiously awaiting uh, the book coming out and, and, and leveraging that with staffs and um, with the people that really need to read it and, and understand middle school um, at, a, at a new level. So thanks for joining us here live at AMLE 22. All right. Thank you, too. Thank you.